You're listening to the First Nations Infrastructure Institute podcast, audio conversations about First Nations growth and prosperity. And here on the podcast, I'm joined by Céline Eau Claire de La Belle Provence. Oui? Oui, de La Belle Provence du Québec, oui. So nice to meet you and have you join us for this podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Can we start by having you describe where you're from in Quebec and, and the kind of work you like to do? Uh, I'm from uh, Quebec. I'm from uh, a city called Maniwaki, very close to uh, the community Kirigansibi. It's Algonquin uh, community. We call it Anishinaabe uh, now. So um, I've been um, working internationally for most part of, uh, of my life. And when I came back to Canada, uh, to stabilize a little bit and have uh, children, uh, I decided to uh, devote my, my time and work to uh, the indigenous cause. Yeah, so you're quite involved and active in community development, and uh, I see even microfinances in your background. Yes, yes. Even internationally, I worked a lot with the indigenous community abroad. Uh, microfinance was uh, one part of it. I was working for Desjardins uh, International at the time. Uh, and since I'm back, I work very much into, in governance and also uh, in uh, economic development. And what got you interested in the infrastructure element of everything? Well, uh, I have created about 10 years ago an uh, innovation center called the, innovation, the First People Innovation Center. We're based in uh, Gatineau and uh, we've been working a lot with uh, urban uh, indigenous people and also people coming from community to have some uh, training and then uh, wanting to go back and contribute themselves to their uh, own economy. And one of the, uh, the, the major void in the economic uh, portrait of the community is very much the infrastructures. And it seems like from what I'm hearing at this conference that it's not the infrastructure itself that's important, it, it's what it can do for a community in terms of education or health. Is that safe to say? Absolutely, absolutely. When we look at uh, the needs in the community and the, the new generation pushing and wanting to improve uh, the, the quality of life of indigenous people, uh, the infrastructure is part of the economic equation. If you don't have uh, uh, the proper uh, infrastructure, well, even your own population will leave to have better uh, quality life, but also the economic development won't be present. Uh, businesses and uh, and uh, uh, professional to work on the community. So infrastructure is a key uh, entry into the economy. Yeah. Uh, I know Jason and his team, uh, they're trying to get Finney incorporated within the, within the Fiscal Management Act, like the larger legislation. I don't know if you've had a chance to consider that and what that would mean. Uh, is it, would it be more credibility or more ability to work nationally? Absolutely. I think there's a lot of work to do, but a lot of work has been done uh, already. We see the attendance here of the, the conference. It's amazing, you know, being at the end of the pandemic, but pandemic is still around. And to see people getting together to talk about what are the conditions. I mean, first, first people, First Nation and Inuit people want to govern themselves. And to be a government, you need three things. 
you need a territory, you need people that recognize your uh, management, your authority uh, over the population, and you need the, the, the financial need, the mean to uh, govern. And the fin financial means are absent right now from, uh, from the governance model. I'm not sure if you heard Harold Calla yesterday from uh, the Financial Management Board, but he talked about the fact that there are opportunities coming today that he would have never expected to see in his lifetime about the business growth and entrepreneurship. Absolutely. I think the young generation is really pushing and, uh, uh, you know, calling present uh, at the, a lot of tables. They're very active. Uh, we've, we've seen also a lot of involvement uh, by women, a lot of uh, women chief uh, as well. So there is a, a win of change uh, all around Canada. We see it and uh, I'm very, very uh, optimistic about what's ahead of us because when I look in the back, there's a quite a lot of good infrastructure of governance, if I may say, by you know those uh, institution, FME institution. Anything else you want to add about what you see in the future for infrastructure development? I think one uh, of the biggest concerns that I do bring to the table often uh, at the Infrastructure Institute uh, uh, board is um, the, the kind of uh, reality that exists in the city and the reality in the community. And I think we really have to address both. Uh, infrastructure, uh, it, it, it's part of the reason why people leave the, the communities, uh, but at the same time when they leave, they come in, in cities, and uh, if I'm talking about Quebec, the cities don't have a lot of uh, infrastructure to, uh, to to respond to the need of the, uh, the newly urban uh, population. So I think we have to uh, look at both aspects. There will be people listening who might want to learn more about the work you're doing back home and uh, your innovation work uh, with the First Peoples. What's the name of it again? It's the First People Innovation Center. Okay. So what's the best way for them to get in touch with you if they'd like to learn more? Oh, they can come on our website. Uh, we are very, very proud of what the, the new generation is doing. We, uh, we we took a bet, if I can say that, uh, we took a bet uh, about 10 years ago. We thought that we would be able to show the potential that resides in uh, the youth, the indigenous youth, despite the fact that the, uh, the rate of uh, dropping out of school is so high. Uh, but we took the bet, the bet that it's not by lack of potential, it's probably the model of school that we have in our city and even in, in the community that do not respond to the way traditionally uh, uh, indigenous people transfer knowledge. So we created a, a fab lab, which is a laboratory of fabrication. And what we do, we work with the 21st century equipment like laser cutter, 3D printer, and CNC. It's very, very sophisticated uh, equipment, and they're all managed by computer. And we worked with youth that have abandoned school. The ease that they have with those equipment and the rate of graduation in our program is between 76% to 92%. And those are youth that the school dropped, you know, I don't think they dropped school, the school dropped these uh, young people and we're 
showing you know that they have uh, full potential and we just need some time to adapt to the way of learning we'll include a link then to your website in our podcast show notes so people can pursue that and learn more thank you for doing the work you're doing and for sharing your time today okay thank you miigwech michi miigwech merci beaucoup merci if you'd like to book a workshop to see how the institute can support your nation visit fnii.ca/resources there you'll find webinars and tools such as business case templates procurement models technical papers and much much more all at fnii.ca/resources I'm Richard Perry. Thanks for listening.